welcome to episode two of the Country Line Songwriters series, where you'll hear from some of the most successful artists and songwriters working in Nashville today. Country music is all about storytelling, and this is where you'll discover the stories from the people themselves of how they managed to find their way into such a competitive industry and rise to the top what motivates and inspires them, and what they've learned along the way. Born in Sneedville, Tennessee, Morgan Wallen grew up in the Knoxville area. His mother was a teacher and father a preacher. In fact, Morgan started singing in church when he was just three years old. He took up playing the violin when he was five. He later learned to play both the piano and the guitar. But in high school, his passion was baseball. He was good enough to earn offers of a college scholarship. But late in his senior year, an elbow injury put an end to his days as a pitcher and he began considering music as a career. In February of 2014, Morgan appeared as a contestant on the American version of The Voice but was eliminated in the playoffs. The platform, though, gave him nationwide exposure and motivated a move to Nashville. After settling in Music City and landing a record deal, in 2016, his debut single, The Way I Talk, was well-received at Country Radio, and the following year, his collaboration with Florida Georgia Line Up Down went to number one. Both songs featured on his 2018 debut album, If I Know Me. The record also produced two of his biggest hits, Whiskey Glasses and Chasing You. January of 2021 saw the arrival of Morgan's hotly anticipated follow-up, Dangerous the Double Album, and just before its release, I, Stuart Banford, chatted with him. The Countryline Songwriters Series with Morgan Wallen. So Morgan, this absolute monster of a 30-track double album, Dangerous, I see you were involved in the writing of over half of the tracks, but there's songwriting credits on there from literally the best working in Nashville today. People like Ashley Gorley, Hardy, Josh Kerr, Thomas Rhett, Shane McAnally, Robbie Clawson. I mean, the list goes on and on. Having listened to this album from top to bottom a few times now, can I just say as a fan, it's everything I wanted it to be and more. Please tell me a bit about the writing and recording of it. Thank you, man. That means a lot. I appreciate you listening to it. Um, over the past couple of years, I've gotten to make friends with a good number of people here in Nashville, songwriters, people that are, you know, that I consider legends at this point. You know, I consider Ashley on there. I put Josh Thompson on there. I put Ernest on there. I put Hardy on there. I put a guy named Charlie Handsome on there. Those are probably the ones I wrote the majority of my songs with, some variation of that crew. Chase McGill is another one, too, that he is an incredible songwriter, too, and I think he will be a household name. If not already, then he will be soon. I feel like I found my my crew of people here in Nashville who I who I love and who I feel comfortable with, which is very important for me as a songwriter. It helps me to be able to get to an emotional place where I can be a, a lot more honest with my songs when I feel comfortable with those people. It's been a blast making this record, man. You know, there's some songs on here that come from a very – a very personal, honest place. I mean, I'd say Dangerous, for example, the the title track is a song that I wrote after I got into a little bit of trouble. Me and my buddy Ernest, we uh, got together and, and wrote it. You know, it, we added a little bit of a love interest story in it just to make it more relatable, hopefully. But it was honestly a, a song that I wrote to myself. There's just been a lot of personal things happening in my life over the past little bit. And I've tried to, you know, really draw from that. I'm getting tired of her magic. Nothing ever changes I think I wanna stay right here tonight Cause I could be dangerous
It is extremely rare for an artist so early on in their career to release a double album. Is it true that the original idea for that was born out of almost like a joke between yourself and your manager? It is, yeah. He's a very creative, intelligent person, and I really appreciate his friendship and his partnership. We were joking, uh, I'd say probably towards the beginning of 2020, you know, about doing a double because we had already gotten to 20 songs, something like that. Instead of going up to 30, you'd normally say, all right, we got 20. Let's maybe whittle it down to 15 or something. You know, let's make this just a normal, normal album. And then obviously Corona struck and all this, all our shows were canceled. And once that happened, I kind of thought, well, maybe we might actually have enough time to do this. So let's see if I can, if I'm still inspired creatively, even during all this weird time, let's see if I can get four or five songs right now towards the beginning of quarantine that are worth recording. Fortunately, we did that, and I felt like it might actually be possible. 30 was never the magic number. It's kind of just what we got to. But um, we started working on it then towards the beginning of quarantine and, and started recording on probably, I don't know exactly when we started recording, probably around May or something like that. And it's taken a lot of hard work, man. It's it's required a lot of time, a lot of, you know, late nights, early mornings, things like that for me to, to be – confident and proud in what we're doing and I, and I don't think I would have been able to do that if we'd have been on the road and, and everything would have been normal I think it would have I wouldn't have been comfortable doing doing that because I don't think I would have been able to be as hands-on as I would have liked to to get it done so that's the only way we were able to to do that many songs and once again you're working with producer Joey Moy and it seems the more and more I listen to your music and particularly this album there's two distinctive sides or sounds from you emerging as in one seems to be this almost like dreamlike melancholy it almost is reminiscent of the eagles and then there's another side which is the more modern energetic pop rock which i mean i've always wanted to ask you this and i'm prepared for you to tell me it's wrong but i feel like naturally you bring that eagles quality and joey based upon obviously his track record brings the poppier rock sound like Florida Georgia line and somewhere you kind of meet in the middle. I think that's probably fair, man. I'm really heavily influenced by the Eagles and that whole sound of music. Cause that's just what I grew up on. And that's what I love. I still, the Eagles are my favorite band. We've really kind of collaborated with each other more so on this record than we did the first. Cause I've grown as an artist. I've learned more. I've learned about what I like, you know, what I like and what I don't like. And he's more willing to listen to me now too, that I've kind of established myself. I can go into a post-production thing and say, Hey, I don't want this many instruments. I would like for these to be prevalent and these not to be as prevalent. You know, when, when he's more known for having hundreds of tracks on a, on a, on a song, I may not want that on, on a specific type of song. And he's been really great about accommodating what I want with a certain song. But then there's certain, certain songs like something country, for example, on, on the side too, there's a lot going on. It's heavy. It's got a, you know, it's, it's more in his wheelhouse traditionally. And I still like that because I like to have those songs live because they bring a lot of energy. They bring, Thanks to my set that I really need. And I, for me to stay in a set, I need a little bit of everything. He will push me in a certain way on certain songs and I'll push him a certain way. And I mean, when you have 30 songs, luckily you can do that. <laughs> I'm thinking, how are you ever going to pick a set list when it comes to performing again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've tried, I've tried not to worry about that yet. <laughs> I got a redneck, yes I do. I got a redneck, how about you? I got a four by four with a two box just to keep the old mountains blue. Got a 
especially dangerous features the massive hit singles more than my hometown and seven summers but there's this glorious collaboration on there with chris stapleton your voices just gel so well how did that pairing come together you know by the time we got the album recorded me and seth put together a short list of of collaborators that i'd like to you know reach out to chris was obviously on that list and we sent him either two or three songs thankfully that was the one that i was hoping he would pick uh, but we gave him a few options, you know. I mean, I wanted to make him feel comfortable because I never – I don't know him that well. I'm a fan. So um, I said, well, man, you know, you you can you can have the first verse, second verse, whichever one you want, man. You decide. And he, he wanted to have the second verse. And he, I didn't really say anything. I just said, you, you have free reign. You do what you want. If we don't like it, we'll let you know. But I highly doubt that's going to be the case. He crushed it and – I'm thankful for it, man. It's an honor to have him on my record. I know that he's not going around collaborating with everybody. I feel like we come from similar places. He's a Kentucky boy. I'm an East Tennessee boy. We kind of have bluegrass in our background. I, I I grew up adoring bluegrass. I come from a place, you know, where bluegrass is pretty prevalent. So I don't know. I feel like we have a lot in common and I'm a huge fan of what he does. And it's a privilege to have him on this record. And rightly so, you were named CMA New Artist of the Year. I mean, you very, I would say, humbly accepted that award given what you've achieved. You know, how important and significant was that win for you? It's more about the people behind the scenes for me for awards like that. You know, I get to experience the love and the recognition from my fans and on a daily basis almost, you know, especially with just the way that we've been able to connect and people behind the scenes don't always get to see that, you know, and they don't always get to feel that. So an award like this, especially from, from the industry, from Nashville for a, a small label, like I'm from a management company. I mean, we kind of, you know, I was the second artist this label ever signed. That's our first win for, of an award ever. So to be able to be, you know, someone who brings something like that home for all of us, we feel grateful for it. And how sweet was it for you to be asked back and given the opportunity to perform on SNL, you know, given obviously the controversy surrounding what happened the first time? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it was awesome. They were amazing to me. Even the first time, you know, whenever I I got kicked off or booted or whatever, we can call it rescheduled now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lauren Michaels, a producer, he, he called me that day and, you know, it was basically – he was so kind and let me know that if I needed anything, if I was actually going through something, you know, whatever, to let him know that and they were going to have me back. And I felt the genuineness in his voice and I didn't know how soon it was going to be. But um, they called shortly after and asked us to come back. And I was immediately. Yeah, of course. The first time, I don't think I would have gotten a skit. So it, it almost <laughs> worked out a little better. I got to I got to go make fun of myself a little bit, too. <laughs> you know, from watching that skit with Jason Bateman and as well the Seven Summers short film, in the future, almost like Tim McGraw, could you see yourself branching off and doing film rules as well as music? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I have a good time doing it. I need to put some more work into it, just like anything else. You know, it's not something I've ever really given thought, except in, until the past couple months, whenever the Seven Summers, we had an idea for a short film, you know, they asked me, do you want to play the role or do you want me to get somebody else? And I said, no, let me, let me do it. I've never, I've never tried it, but what's the worst? If it's terrible, oh, well, we'll just, we'll make a regular music video then. But I felt comfortable doing it. I had a great time. It 
it's something I really enjoy. So if the opportunity presents itself in the future, I'll, I would give it a shot for sure. But y'all, it ain't as good as it seems. It's living a dream. It's killing me, killing me, killing me. It's killing me, killing me, killing me. You know, from following your career, I know you like started out the old fashioned way of um, I say the old fashioned way, the traditional way of, you know, getting out there, getting in people's faces, playing gigs, shaking hands, gradually building up a fan base. To go from then to now and the level you're at, winning the awards, SNL, you know, doing interviews all over the world. When I listen to your track on the new album, like Living the Dream, talking to you today, you seem so funny, relaxed. But when you listen to a track like that, how are you finding adjusting to the spotlight? Because it's all every time, like I spoke to you a couple of months ago and you're so much more well-known even now from then. You know, most days I wake up feeling like this. I wake up feeling great and relaxed and ready to go. Certain circumstances make you sit back and be like, man, it's a little bit difficult because you, I mean, before that whole incident happened in Alabama, I didn't realize the weight of, you know, the my reach. I have access to a lot now, you know. So that's awesome. I'm able to provide. I'm able to do things that I that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and that that part is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the the part of being, you know, under a microscope and people assuming things that they just don't have a clue about, making up stories, making up things that that just aren't even remotely true, and spreading those things and spreading those rumors. It's like that whole day. I almost felt like I wasn't even a human to these people. It's just like oh, you know, just yeah. phones everywhere. You know, it's it's just. It's so weird because I don't feel that different. I'm just going there to have a good time, to meet people, to hang out. I'm trying to be nice. You know, I like making people feel good. And that's probably one of the reasons I like to go out and do those things because I I have the ability to really touch people now and make them feel good. So that means a lot to me and to be able to do that. But I'm realizing, you know, that I have to be careful and that I got to keep my friend group, my true people that I trust really close and and just uh, really appreciate my, my real friendships. And that's helped me a lot since, you know, after writing that song, Living the Dream, those I felt like that more so then than I do now. I've been able to to realize some things that would keep me keep me feeling more grounded and, and happier. And what would you say to aspiring singer songwriters who look at what you have and dream of following in your footsteps? What's the advice or the biggest lesson you've learned that you would pass on? That's a good question. I, I mean, for me, it's it's been really a lot about who I've associated myself with and who I've been able to to choose to come along this journey with me, you know, um, if you have the right friend group and the right support group, not just friends, but team, that really means a lot. Um, I don't know that I could have done it without them. You know, I've been through some highs and lows and they've always been on my side and and pushed me forward and they've meant a lot. But as far as an artist goes, I mean, find people you love to collaborate with, find people who bring the best out in you. If you don't like to write with other people, I, you know, that that's a whole different thing because I, I do, I love writing with others. I love to to bring out creativeness in each other. Find you a good group of people and just uh, work really hard. I mean, as soon as I got here to Nashville, it was just nonstop work. And, and I've been nonstop working ever since. And don't be afraid to work hard and don't be afraid to say something that maybe other people wouldn't say. And you've been on, you know, big tours with the likes of FGL, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, and the Luke Combs tour in particular, even just as an onlooker, that seemed hugely significant in expanding your fan base. 
from those experiences with those big like arena and stadium acts to go from you know the bars to now the big venues what did you pick up from those guys yeah i've been fortunate to be on a lot of great tours throughout the the start of my career man i I really appreciate you know everybody having me out there that's had me i think you're right the luke combs one seemed to be the most significant that was my you know real first time getting out there on a direct support basically every show that we played with luke combs mostly the entire arena was there by the time we got out to perform obviously he got to play a longer set and they were you know they were there you know for him but like I almost got to experience what it was like as a headliner in a way because the place was packed, you know? Yeah. And I got to learn just a little bit more about how to, you know, create set lists and and then to make sure that people were entertained. And I don't know, man, I I think for a guy like Luke, for example, it seems like he's so comfortable up there. He kind of just tells his stories and, and he just does his thing and he sings his ass off, obviously. I'm not, Luke's not, we're not going to be up there dancing, choreography, none of that stuff is going to be going on, you know? So I think they just really, they want you to be real. I've learned that if kind of, if a thought pops in my head during my show, I'm probably just going to say it. I just kind of go off the cuff and and try to be as real as I can. You know, I think they just really gravitate towards you being, you can tell that they didn't, some record label didn't place you up on there and, and put cards up there for you to read. They want you to be honest and, and also be be into your music, man. And if you can if you can do those things, then I, I think that it, you won't lose them. The Countryline Songwriters Series with Morgan Wallen. More episodes from this series are available on the Countryline app and website, or just search for the Countryline Songwriters Series wherever you normally get your podcasts.